tradies and builders, power your business with Bunnings Trade Power Pass. It's Justin Marshall and Ricardo Ball with the Bunnings Trade Rugby Run on SENZ. It is one minute after 12, you're listening to SENZ. Welcome into the Rugby Run, Mark Watson alongside of me, Steve Devine, as we reflect on everything to do with the overball, if we do everything to reflect on rugby. Another very good weekend of Super Rugby, the Chiefs winning the big one, the Blues getting the job done in Fiji. Well, the Highlander season just seems to go from bad to worse. And the Hurricanes, very good performance. Might just be their best performance of the season, getting up over the Brumbies. Steve Devine, good afternoon, welcome. Yeah, yeah, thanks for having me. What a weekend of footy, jeepers. It was, uh, felt like there was a thousand games back, but it was, uh, it was good. Yeah, pro- probably one of the more enjoyable weekends of Super Rugby, I think. Too often in this competition, we've just had that one game to look forward to. I think there was a lot on the line, I think. Fiji and Fiji are hard. We've seen what they've done up there. A good performance from the Blues. I mean, you go up there just to try and win, don't you? Yeah, it was brutal. I, I'd, um, I had a mate up there who was watching, and uh, he, he, he's Fijian Indian. And he said it was hot. So, you know, it was just brutal, brutal conditions. You could, I could tell after five minutes that the, the Blues boys were spent. It, was, it wasn't easy, but they, um, they slugged it out. Yeah, we talked about that, didn't we? I think on, um, on Blues Brothers on Wednesday night, that last 20 minutes, how important it was that the Blues kept the scoreboard ticking over, how important it was that the Blues um, got out in front and got out early, and they did. Yeah, they they definitely went in. You could, yeah, you could just tell they were struggling. It was hot, and they just sort of controlled the game really well. I mean, Barrett was a bit of a master at it. He he just controlled it. He played the game where they wanted to be. There was, it was a really slippery ball. I used to find you know sweat was worse than uh, rain. It was just it made the ball slipperier. So it was just it was it was brutal conditions. A lot of mistakes, but the Blues just sort of kept a real hard structure. And they they wanted their scrums. They were doing very well in the scrums. They wanted their lineouts, and they just they just tried to play off that. Not trying to overplay too much rugby, but playing the right areas of the field and just play a really good structure. Okay, we will um, come back to that game because I do want to just talk about the game that uh, finished last night, where I guess there was most anticipation. The Chiefs getting the job done against the Crusaders. I'm sure some people are going to jump on the phone and maybe talk about some of the pedantic officiating at times, um, <laughs> some of these assistant referees getting maybe too heavily involved. But when it's all said and done, it's the Chiefs 34 and it's the Crusaders 24. Yeah, I thought it was a cracker match. Absolutely outstanding game. Um, 
big question for me now would be um, Damian McKenzie, best number ten in the country. Yeah, do you think? Do you think that was the case last night? Do you think that he was the difference? That he perhaps got the better of a Richie Moanga? Yeah, I do. I think. Um, I think he, he. I think he was outstanding. He was um, man of the match. He ran well. He he identified mismatches. He. Um, you know, took the ball to the line again, as we've been talking about over the last few weeks. I, I thought he was excited. I thought he was a difference on the. It was it was the difference that he, if he wasn't playing, the Chiefs wouldn't have won. There we go. I, I was just amazed at the speed at which the game was played at in that first twenty minutes. You know, we the emphasis these days in New Zealand rugby is, and it's what Ireland have done well. It's what you've mentioned in the past that ruck speed, that just getting those cleaners in, just getting that ball freed up quickly, first, second, third phase, bang, bang, bang. But boy, they were just hitting the lines hard, weren't they? It was just almost, it was almost rugby league at one point. Yeah, and you know the big, the big out of it for me was like the big learning for me that I really, um, like I've always. You know, New Zealand teams struggle against that Northern Hemisphere style defence, which I thought the Crusaders were doing and doing very well. And the one thing that brought them undone, um, which the Chiefs did exceptionally as well, was um, offload um, post-tackle. Um, you know, so, so, so going to ground and then the ability yeah. still to be able to pop the pass up. Well, in the tackle, get a pass away, like the offloads yep. in contact and the, and the offloads post-contact, was it, it, it didn't allow the, the Crusaders to set their defensive line. You know, and they, 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 once the Chiefs got in behind them with their speed, they, Crusaders really struggled. And, you know, those breakaway tries, they were all, they were all from passes post contact. And, and, and I think that was the big difference. And, I, you know, looking forward to the World Cup, I think that's, I think that's where we've got to go. We've got to go. We can't just rely on just going to rucks and going to rucks and going to rucks because, you know, they've got some big boys over there and they yeah. like getting on top of the ball. And by not having a ruck and having having the game flow, if we can control that ball, I just think it's 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 our best it's our best option. Well, well Sonny Bill Williams was a bit of a master at it. it was only, you know, two guys often in the tackle still managed to just slip the pass, drawing those two defenders, often slipping the path, whether it be to Nono who were outside of him in that little split moment. But when you've got games which are going to come down to less than 0.01% in performance, they are the game changers. Yeah. Yeah, like you look at like that. That was a bit, that was a close game. It was a draw, and then the Crusaders were up, and the Chiefs were up, and then McKenzie took the ball to the line and um, half broke a tackle and offloaded um, post contact, and um, Retallick scores. You know, and that that was the game changer. And you know, a lot of the line breaks and a lot of the the big moments of that game came from um, offloads post post contact. And um, and that, yeah, I just I just thought that was the. You know that was a, that was a major difference in the game. The Crusaders love love having a ruck and love setting their defensive line up, and 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 you struggle to break that. So if you if you don't have it, there's um you know that's the way the Chiefs uh, made massive gains, massive territory, and and um got got in front. Okay, let's go through some of the one-on-one matchups. There was a lot of interest in Cullen Grace at eight, um, up against um, Luke Jacobson for the Chiefs. What did you make of firstly the number eights? What did you make of Luke Jacobson? Did he get that go forward? Yeah, no, he, he did well. He made one crucial tackle in the first half to save a try. Um, so, you know, he, he got around the field. The yellow card cost him a little bit. Um, but, um, you know, it's, it's such a it's such a hard line these days. You're trying, you're defending your goal line, you know, with, you know, just being desperate defence. And, you know, you bring them all down and then uh, you get a penalty try against you and you go to the bin for 10 minutes. Like it's, it's mm. almost a, it's a double a double loss. You're better off, you know, just to let them have the try and then uh, you keep them 15 people on the field. So, you know, that was a loss. But, yeah, that, that was that was a cl- – the, didn't there wasn't clear, a clear winner out of those two. They, were, they both played pretty good footy. 
Okay, let's then talk about Sam Kane versus uh, Sam Kane versus Christie. Yeah, I, I thought Kane. You know, he's just slogging out doing the hard yards. He still looks more like a six to me, though, eh? Yeah, but he was, he was, he was, he was. It's his leadership role that he's there for. You know, yeah. you could tell his composure taking those shots at goals in the first half, and you know, keeping him in the lead. It was, it was, it was clear. You know, you need you need leadership, and Sam gives you that. It may not still be the best number seven on top of the ball, um, but he gives you leadership and he gives you um, composure. I, I want to talk about Brody Retallick and Sam Whitelock. There has been discussion, maybe at All Black level, that these guys are potentially past their use by date. And there's not necessarily a lot of depth behind them, but are we sort of seeing a little bit of a resurgence from both of them? Is there a little bit more youthful exuberance about Rotalic and Whitelock? And how excited should we be, or should we be concerned? Yeah, I still like they are getting older, and they are, um, you know, serious serious guys with a lot of experience. And I just I just think it's taken them a little bit. As you get older, it takes you might be a little bit longer to get into it, and. You know they're they're finding their form now. Um, I I thought possibly Retallick might have picked up an injury late in that match. Watching it, he he sort of grabbed his arm, his shoulder at one stage. Mm. Um, I thought, you know, this will be interesting. But he he stayed out there, and in the fl- final minutes of the game, you could tell he was blowing and blowing hard. But he you know he just grounded mm. out like the like the weapon he does. And um, yeah, they're, they're too. You just you can't buy experience, and you know. You'd be you'd be a crazy man and not mm. to, not to think that they're still not the best two locks in the country. One area where I think the Chiefs are different this year than perhaps we've seen in other years, and that is the ability of the guys they bring off the bench. Again, we saw Sawa Cooler come on, another big impact from him. Young Cortez Aratama at halfback as well, another one. I mean, Gatlin's not going to let down. He's a good percentage footballer, isn't he? Yeah, they have depth, and like we even look at someone like Josh Lord, who wasn't even in the twenty-three this week. Who you know who's. Coming back from injury, one of our premium locks, and he, he doesn't even get a game. So, you know, that's, you know, they've got depth. They've got depth, and they've got depth across the field. I like Thompson at hooker. I've mm. uh, been a big fan of him playing for Hawks Bay in the last few years. So, you know, they've, they've certainly they've certainly got a very, very strong squad. I, I, and we're going to open the lines, and I know we've got Graham sitting there, 0800 150811. You can text us here on 8833, but I still just since there still wasn't a lot in that game. I, boy, I'm weary of the Crusaders. I don't think we've seen the best of this team just yet. There's still a, a number of games left before we still get into playoff contention. Why do I still believe the Crusaders are the team that's going to win this damn thing? Oh, you're not, you're not going to write them off. And uh, there's still there's still plenty of fodder to come back for the for mm. the Crusaders. You know, we'll, no Will Jordan yet. Uh, he, he's, you know, he's probably 14 points a game. Yeah, good uh, Hugh's just coming back. Good, uh, good Hugh, look, you know, for the first time, he looked good. Yeah. Like he looked fast. He's big. He's strong. He runs yeah. in the contact hard. You know, I I liked what I seen from Good Hugh, um, following on from the week before where he passed. His pass was so crisp, and you know, there's plenty. There's plenty more to come from Good Hugh. I I wouldn't be writing him off for the um for the end of the season just yet. He um he's starting to look very good, and you know, they they just got these players coming back, and they'll just keep rolling over the. I, yeah, you're certainly not going to write them off. You know they got the. You, you know they got. They're going to have a um, big pack, and they're going to be delivering um, set piece play pretty well, line out and scrum. So they're always, always a chance. You bring a, you know, some just absolute attacking flair back into that side with Will Jordan, and and things will start to happen, and they'll start. To, you know, it's a, a, it's, a, a, it's not a, a, over yet. A, and big to mighty Williams, not too far from the line again. Yeah, just continuing to go from strength Man, to strength. Just, you, you can put him alongside of a, a Taki Ahau, um, an oh. Ethan DeGroote type player. Um, and, you know, we do start to look like we're going to have some front row forwards that I think we've been desperately searching for 
uh, which is an area I think that the Northern Hemisphere have probably set the standard in in recent times. Yeah, they're certainly bigger than us up there, and the and the game has changed now. It's, it's about it's not about the speed; it's about body mass being able to run through collisions. So, you know, that's. Um, yeah, he, he's a big boy. I was watching it with some people last night that didn't know a lot about rugby, and they were just like, oh, my Lord, look at the size of him. He's a he's a big, big yep. boy. He is. Okay, 12 minutes after 12. Right, let's get the Crusaders' biggest fan, Canterbury's biggest fan on the program. I've got a feeling he's going to bring up the assistant referees. Graham, good evening, good afternoon, welcome. How are you? G'day, how are you? Good. Oh, I'm pretty disappointed. Yep. Yes, I will, I will bring up the assistant referees, but um, well, I think... Yeah, I want it. Look, the Chiefs deserve to win. Yep. But um, I think that how Dominic, the ball went behind Dominic Gardner, and if he touched it, it went a mile backwards. Um, and I've got an issue with the backwards. I work with five-year-olds, and you teach them backwards and forwards and left and right. And um, nowadays in rugby, if you lose control of the ball and it goes backwards, and I've seen it numerous times, Crusader teams, doesn't matter, Blues, Chiefs, the referee says you've lost it forward. Well, then they have to change the rule to say that you've, lost, you've got no control of the ball, and that becomes... Because forward and, forwards and backwards has been one of the tenets of rugby for... Yeah. Yeah, 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 look, look, I'm with you on this one, Graham, and also, but I just don't like the involvement that we're starting to get from the assistant referees, from the third official and stuff, the, player, the, the referees out there on the park, and we're finding reasons now not to award tries. And if it looks like it's forward, it is forward. If it looks like it went back, it is back. If it looks like they've dotted down, it is a try. And if they don't look like they've got control of it, it's not. And sometimes it just needs to be played a lot more at full speed in the moment rather than slowing everything down. Yeah, I'm just pretty sore, to be honest, about the, the Barrett try and the McLeod one too. I thought, um, <laughs> I think that you can't get away from the fact that the Chiefs would have come, they beat us in Fiji about four years ago over 25 points up, so I'm not saying they were one, but I think it didn't help, you know, and... Uh, <laughs> But, um, but, yeah, but, 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 Graham, and, and, and again, you know, you're seeing it through. I, I would be interested. Oh, yeah, I, no, 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 I'd be interested. No, I'd be interested just to hear from some Chiefs fans on maybe the, some of the decisions they felt perhaps didn't go their way because I think sometimes it does go both ways. But yeah, look, I, I'm with you on this one. It's not even whether, because, you know, if, even if the tries had been awarded, the game starts back at halfway, the game goes in a completely different direction, and who's to say the Chiefs wouldn't have scored from the kickoff, etc. But my point is that I just don't think rugby can continue to go down this path of just looking for reasons not to award tries the whole time. Exactly, yeah, but I mean, you know, I, I think what, you know when Williams and Moody ran off, that's when the Chiefs got ascendancy and the props, you know, no Newell and Bauer, and um, I think maybe I'd have been asking for a full eight, because I mean, Joe Moody would be pretty reluctant, he would play very well, and um, but that's what they do now, they make subs, and um, yeah, our pack against you know, without I mean, Ethan Blackadder we missed, but um, I thought it was pretty even in, in a lot of the forward uh, exchanges. But um, you know, the back line, you know, Sean Stevenson. You know, I've got to, with it. I mean, I have him in the World Cup squad with Will Jordan available. I have Will Jordan if he's playing well and fit, and I have Sean Stevenson. You know, I just want to make cause a lot of people are making it that he gets in if um, Will's not available. But um, yeah, but yeah, no. I mean, I think Cullen Grace. You know, he really played well and. Um, you know, I thought he put in a great 80-minute effort after, you know, coming on latter, the latter part of last week's game against the Rebels. But no, no, you'll be happy, Steve, anyway. That's one thing. 
Yeah, well, firstly, I must say, you know, well done at the start of um, your phone call today that you admitted that the Chiefs deserve to win. That takes a lot. Um, but, I, yeah, I just made I, – I, I, I see, I also think that that, um, that was a knock-on um, off the kick. I, I think from where he touched it to where the ball landed, uh, I know he was moving with uh, serious pace, but I think – my thoughts, and I watched, and I made note to watch that. Yeah, I I feel that was a knock on, and you know sometimes they're the they're the calls that go against you. But it, it was a hell of a game of rugby. I, I will admit that. And the Crusaders, they're never they're never far away, are they? Oh no, no. But I mean, I you know, <laughs> you know, I wanted wanted them, obviously wanted them to win it, but you know, I knew it was going to be tough up there. And um, yeah, I mean. I think that the front row, I mean, Takiyahu and Taylor, I think, you know, both had outstanding games, you know, the hookers, but I think, yeah, their props got a bit on top. But I mean, Sam Whitelock and Brodie Retallick, I agree with you both. I mean, they, they'll be in the, you know, as, as you say, a forward leave, either of them out. Um, what, yeah, about, I think, what about the 10s? Who won that battle? Well, McKenzie, McKenzie, you know, got the better of Rich on the day, and I'm a... I still think Richie Munger should be the number ten, you know, in the All Blacks. But um, you know, it's, it, you look, know, look, it's it's not a bad problem to have if you're the All Black selectors, are you? No, exactly. I mean, I I personally think Bowden's slipping away, but he must he must have played well oh, yesterday. Oh no, no, yeah. I'm with you. Too inconsistent. I mean, if you're having a ten, it's a battle between McKenzie and Mwanga. I I think that. You know, Barrett's. You either start him at fullback or you have him as a utility. And if yeah. you've, if you've got a Sean Stevenson or a Will Jordan fit, I'd still rather have one of those two at the back, mate, and just bring us a little bit more life. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, but um, no, it was a good game. You know, I think when you're on the losing side of games, it's always hard to appreciate. Somebody said it was our best game of the season. I would still say against the Blues with Mark Talia, and that was a good Blues side that night. Um, I would still put that ahead of that because I think we had a better, you know, Ethan Blackadder was playing, you know, that was six weeks ago, but it was still better than some of their other performances. But uh, no, well done to the Chiefs, and uh, as much as you know, as much as that hurts me, but um, that's just the way it is. I can feel the pain in your voice, mate. Um, if Damien McKenzie continues to play this form, uh, the way he's playing, like last night, um, does he start a, a, a against? Does he start above Moanga for the Test? Well, like I said, I would still, you know, everyone hates me for saying it, but I, I still think Richie Mwanga, um, you know, I think he's been playing great rugby. People will say he hasn't, but um, I think in some of those other games he's played very, very well. But um, And I think he, you know, he is the, the best number 10 as a specialist. I mean, Carlos Spencer, you know, said that about two months ago too, you know, um, and a few other people. But, you know, McKen- McKenzie's, you know, he's got to be in the 22 either. Well, he can cover. He, he's got that ability, hasn't he? Look, I, I think he's playing better football at the moment than Bowden Barrett, but they're going to put Barrett in. Barrett's one of those guys who's almost a little bit Teflon. Nothing really seems to stick. Um, you know, I go back to the World Cup of 2015 where he scores that great try, that last try to wrap the World Cup up and stuff, but I'm going, man, that's eight years ago. That's eight years ago. I haven't seen a guy get better. I've just seen a guy become more inconsistent. We've talked about his lack of belief at times. Uh, maybe starting to come back in more recent weeks. As you've mentioned, Steve, maybe we saw the shift against the Melbourne Rebels a couple of weeks ago from Barrett. But when you draw comparisons with Richie Mawanga, when you draw comparisons with what we've seen from Damian McKenzie, um, I still don't think he's done enough at the moment. Yeah, I, I, I think Bodie is for the first time probably the third number 10 in the country right now, though I, I don't disagree with that for sure. 
but he, you know, you, you don't write off someone like that just yet. Just give him. Oh some no, time. you don't write them off. Give him some time. You don't write them off, but you know, big year. We can't afford to be going into a World Cup with um, ums and ahs. Ums and ahs, and he could come right and remember what he did three years ago. And you know, this is a country that desperately needs to win this, and this is a country that's got his back up against the wall a bit at the moment. Twenty minutes after twelve. Uh, you are listening to the Rugby Run. Mark Watson alongside of me, the great Steve Devine. Can I call you the great Steve Devine? It's certainly He's, got a good ring to it's it, has got a nice it? ring to it, doesn't it? <laughs> Has anyone ever called you great? I don't hear it a lot, no. No, 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 no. Okay, fair enough. No, I'm married for 14 years. I don't often hear it either. <laughs> 20 and a half minutes after 12. Uh, if you want to phone the programme, we'd love to get your thoughts too. People are texting in, but instead of texting, why don't you jump on the phone? There's some good texts that have come and we'll get to. But feel free to jump on the phone. Let's have that debate. Mawanga uh, versus McKenzie. Where does um, Bowden Barrett sit now in the pecking order? Don't forget you've also got Stephen Perifetta. Not sure where his injury is. Um, you know, we've got three or four guys who potentially, if needed be, could get the job done. 0800-150-811 is the number. You can text us here on double eight double three. It is 25 minutes after 12. Nick White's going to join us on the programme shortly. Chief Scrum Coach, uh, played rugby for Northland for the Blues, uh, was former Auckland MPC coach these days, applies his trade with the Waikato Chiefs in regards to their scrum. So we'll have a catch up with him. I'm just curious to talk about picking your squad each week, picking your starting eight because they do have some depth and uh, whether it be at lock, whether it be in the loose, which is a great position to be in, but I'd imagine creates some headaches for the coaching staff and those who ultimately select that starting lineup. Steve, some texts that have come in. Mark and Steve, in the Blues games, thought their big guns, Rico, Bowden, Dalton, um, uh, offer, stood up um, big time. Those boys finally starting to kick into form, and well done. Chiefs McKenzie showed up Mawanga big time. That comes from Ken. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I agree, Ken. was um, yeah, the the, the blue it was crazy hot, right? And they they just tried to keep it nice and slow and keep the set piece, keep it a nice big structure to it. And and that took like Dalton was outstanding. Offer was, um, you know, the Blues almost and probably one of them a game to be fair was the Blues scrum. They pretty much got a penalty in every scrum their own ball and and um, it just it just allowed a platform for them to go wide. And if it didn't work uh, for whatever reason, they came back for the scrum and. You know, I don't particularly agree with that rule, but yeah, it's certainly it is the rule right now, and and uh, they played they played well, they played how they needed to play up there because it was um, it could have gone either way. The Crusaders would be unstoppable with a world class halfback. I mean, Mitch Drummond is he a bit of a journeyman? Is he a good solid pivot? But would they be even more lethal? I mean, anybody would be even more lethal if you had an Aaron Smith, wouldn't they? Yeah, it seems to be like it's a team of All Blacks, right? Except, um, except at nine. Well, yeah. he has played a couple of tests, though, hasn't he? No, I'm, no, I think he has. Okay. I think if you Google, it, you'll find he has. I think he came off the bench in that handout against Japan a couple of years oh, okay. ago, and then prior to that, I think he, I think he might have played two or three tests. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I just I don't. Yeah, that, that's it's been a you know an area where they have they have been lacking for a number of years now. They don't they really haven't. They've got seem to have an all black in every position except they haven't really got a, a, a established high, eight, yeah. an established high performing nine. Yeah, they, you know, they, they it would be, you know, the, and generally the halfbacks go pretty good down there because they're they're playing, um, you know, they've got a, a pack that's going forward in front of them every week, so it makes a, a nine's job a hell of a lot easier. So, yeah, you would think there'd be a few queuing up to get down there. Mm. 
Yeah, just just checking that. Yeah, no, he has, according to this, just played the one test back in 2018, Mitch Drummond. So there okay. you go. Yep, and that's part of that, yeah. Sorry, Mitch. 60-man squad that <laughs> took on Japan in the Northern Hemisphere. Okay, uh, look, we, we're going to go to Nick White in a moment shortly, but um, the best young 5'8 in the country plays for Waimoku. Ask the great Steve Devine if he's seen and what he thinks of Casey's Bush. Um, yeah. Uh, I haven't. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I haven't. I haven't seen. Uh, I haven't seen the um, that number eight. That that first five. Sorry. Um, so I maybe I need to watch some TV. <laughs> there you go. Waimalku. Is that where I live? Waimalku. Yeah. Didn't know they had a club. Waimalku. Yeah, I think. They maybe could. it's a young kid. I think there's possibly something else going on in that. Uh, Kicks. Do you yeah. know Damon? <laughs> Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Oh, wow. Anyway. Anyway, there you go. Uh, 29 minutes after 12, you are listening to SENZ. Um, what are we going to do here, Ben? Are we taking a break or are we going to go to Nick? Okay, we'll take a break and then we'll go and catch up with um, Nick White uh, these days, coaching with the Chiefs, part of their setup. I'd imagine they'll be smiling. They got the job done against the Crusaders. Uh, however you want to call it, it'll always be registered as a victory for the uh, Chiefs. They remain unbeaten so far this season. No far better combination, Mark Watson, Steve Devine. I'm not sure whether I'm playing at eight or I'm playing at first five. All I know is that Steve Devine is certainly at halfback. Anyway, Kubota, <laughs> together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Well, the Chiefs got the job done against the Crusaders over the weekend on Saturday night. Uh, I wouldn't say they did it comfortably, but they ended up winning by 10 points, 34-24. The man who, and they say a game is won up front. That's all about what happens in the forward pack and, of course, your halfback. Nick White is the coach of the forwards for the Chiefs. He joins us on the programme. G'day, Nick. G'day, how are you, mate? Good, thanks. Now, I understand what you're in Australia buying racehorses. Am I allowed to tell everyone that? I love that. What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> no, we're just over here having a look at some weanlings uh, that maybe one day might be that might be good racehorses, hopefully. But, um, yeah, no, interesting interesting couple of days to be had. Mate, you, uh, if you find a good one, you let me know, all right? <laughs> I need, I've, I've got one that's a girl that's not very good, so I think I need a boy one that's really good. Yeah, there's a few of them wandering around uh, here. Are, are, you, are, are you as good at picking racehorses as you are as picking a forward pack? Oh, no, nah, I'm still in the infancy of picking horses, that's for sure. I wouldn't... Uh, class myself has been very experienced at that yet so uh we'll soon see as we'll soon see how if we get any if we get any we'll see how they go in the yelling sales and see how good see how good i am it might not it could be a disaster mate well you're pretty good at picking front rows to play uh super rugby skinny mate um a massive effort last night by the boys up front to get on top of the crusaders pack i reckon by that last 40 yeah oh we, we i mean you, you know what it's like mate you've um you've got to you've got to get um at least parity or um you know um stay in the fight with them for the whole time otherwise you uh you pay the price and um the boys did a good job uh last night we certainly didn't uh probably over, we didn't um sort of it was pretty even that's for sure um but our boys i thought especially in the scrum did bloody well they um they worked hard and uh you know it allows you to get some get your back strikes uh, going well and get some front football and then they get around the corner and get into their work, so it makes a big difference. How difficult is it every week to pick your starting eight when you do have such depth now? I mean, we were just saying Josh Lord didn't make the starting 23. Well, I think that's part of the reason why the team's going well, Otto, because you know everyone's, everyone's available, everyone's doing the job to the best that they can, so um, you know they put themselves in the picture every week and 
you know that that's what that's part of the reason I think the team's going well. You know, so everyone's striving to get, to be a part of the action on the Saturday. Not everyone can, but generally on we have a training on a Thursday, and generally the guys that aren't playing aren't playing give our uh, give our starters a bit of a touch up. So um, a lot a lot of that a lot of the on field on Saturday comes back to the the training during the week from the guys that are not playing. So they have a big part. If you're not playing, you've got a big part to play in the team, that's for sure. Mate, it's funny how it works when you, you win in a few games, confidence is high, you don't have a lot of injuries and, and things just tend to roll, the bounce of the ball goes a little bit your way, a few ref scores here and there. It's like, it's a funny old game, isn't it, rugby? Sometimes it can be brutal, but um, in the same, you know, when you're on a roll, it can be it can be pretty rewarding as well. Yeah, yeah it is, mate. It's, uh, the old injuries seem to take the odd, maybe a, a week less time to get right and everyone wants, because everyone's keen to be a part of it and... Uh, you know, it's um, it, winning's a great, great for your team culture. You know, you, um, it's it does a lot. It does a lot for all sorts of things in rugby winning. So, um, and it's I know we've got a we've got a you know still got a, a fair old chunk of the season to go. So there's a fair bit of work left on us yet. That's for sure. What is motivating Brody Retallick? Because he just seems to be going from strength from strength at the moment. It's almost a Brody Retallick of old. I mean, this is a guy who's what a hundred played odd tests for the All Blacks. Um, he has won a Super Rugby Championship before. What is motivating him so much? Why is he playing so well this year? Where's that passion coming from? Oh, I think he's just a, a competitor anyway. Like he hates, you know, you, you guys know what it's like. You just don't like to lose, and he's one of those guys too. And also, I mean. Obviously, it's a big year for those guys. They've got to, you know, you've got to play well. You can't just turn up at the other end of the year and think you're going to play well. You've got to play well for the whole year. So, you know, get yourself in some form and get, you know, get conditioned to that top-level rugby. And and also, um, the guys, the other guys at lock, too, there's some bloody good locks there. So if you don't play well, you might not get picked. So, um, but at the end of the day, he's just an ultimate competitor and just everything he does, he wants to do well. And, um yeah, and and do well for his teammates. So he's fantastic, fantastic guy to have in your team, and especially in the and where all the where all the hard yards are done. Um, Skinny, you, you guys at the moment got a serious amount of depth, and you've produced some some awesome young talent. You know, so there's some new people uh, running around. Um, Cortez Radamo at halfback. You know, where how how do you go? How do you how do you find these kids? Like, where what's the process to 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 find these kids and and, and get them up to that level? Oh, a lot of a lot of those boys have come through um, uh, the Chiefs under 18s when they've been at the at the school at the school level and then moved on to that um, the under twenty the under twenty team. So a lot of them have come through that system from you know when they're young. Um, not not all of them have been in there. You're like I don't think you have to be in that system to make it either. That's that's for sure. Sometimes if you're not in it, you fight a bit harder and you get a few life skills. You know, you've got to go and go do your trade or your university and you come out with a bit of boogie between your teeth and uh, you fight. But that's, a lot of them have just come through those teams and, um, so, you know, and just wanting, you know, wanting to play for the Chiefs and wanting to be a part of it. So the super coaches, are they helping select those teams? Are they are they saying, I like the look of this kid or they're leaving it to other people to, to develop them? Oh, yeah, I suppose. I mean, they probably don't have, um, you know, we probably don't see them till they get to some of those training camps and stuff like that. So, Kent Curry, our um, high performance manager, and he, uh, you know, he's spent, and there's other guys there too, spent a lot of, in the regions, he spent a lot of time 
looking at these guys playing playing club rugby and school rugby and, um, and getting them into these um, you know like, like camps and and these t- teams and um, they it all comes from there really. So I mean, at, at the end of the day, they pick themselves at the end of the day because they work hard and want to be there. Is it the policy of the Chiefs to pick from within the region? Is that part of building this brand? Is that part of establishing uh, that tribalism? And do you believe that yeah. is, clearly it is working, that you believe you've got enough talent in that Waikato, let's say Bay of Plenty, Taranaki region? Yeah, I think if if you definitely try and keep within your region to start with, that's for sure. If there's someone there that's, um, you know, that uh, is... That that's been there and, and worked their way through. We definitely try and go, definitely try and stay within the re- region. Obviously, if there's um, at times you've got to you've got to look outside, but um, there's been a, a big conscious uh, conscious effort to stick within that catchment area. And there's some when you look at the unions, the counties, the um, Waikato, Barapani, Taranaki, King Country, Thames Valley, all those you know like. It's um, you know there's some pretty good young kids and well not just young ones some older ones that are involved in all those provinces so we're pretty lucky to be able to pick from all those places. And well, mate, you're definitely doing something right because uh, sold out stadium last night. It's probably been the first time in a little while the Chiefs had a, a sellout and um, the people turned up to watch and gee they they got a they got a performance. Yeah, and it's good and it's if you want if you want. Um, you want the crowds to come and uh, watch. You've, you've, you've got to uh, you, one. You've got to you've got to win consistently and, and try and you know play some good rugby. So if you're going to spend, they've got to spend some hard-earned cash that they've worked their guts out all week to to spend and come and watch. You. They need to you know they need to get something out of it when they do come to the stadium and have a have a look. And the guys you know spending time with the kids afterwards on the field that's really important. That's all all those little things are part of it. It's not just as you know, Steve, it's not just the um, you know playing in the game, and that's a, it's a, there's a lot of other stuff that goes with it. You run through your Chiefs team, and it's easy to sort of talk about the Damien McKenzies and the Sam Keynes, um, the Brody Retallicks. But when you look at the progression that we've seen from the Chiefs, how much influence and has Samasoni Takiaho been? I mean, this guy every time he seems to get the ball, he gets across the advantage line. You, you, you follow me, and we're going to go forward. Yeah, I mean he he's done he's done bloody well, Sonny. Um, you know he's he's it's taken him. He's been there five or six years now, and he's sort of um, I think just learnt, like played enough footy now, and sort of you know learnt learning more about the game and what he's got to do from week to week. He's you know he's he's got to be smart too when he carries the ball because if he gets too high, people I mean people are waiting for him. If he's too high, he'll get cleaned up. So he's you know if he gets his body height down, he's all that sort of stuff. He, he, he's even more effective and. And you're right, guys do climb off the back of him because once you get a bit of go forward or a bend in the line, um, you know, it's hard for the defence to get up and it gives guys, you know, might give your wingers another two or three metres of space on the outside because because those guys have done their job up front like him. Um, Skinny, probably my biggest hate in rugby right now is um, scrum penalties that... Uh, teams will will push push forward until they get, they won't even no one won't even throw the ball until there's a scrum advantage given to them and then they look to play rugby, and we can play for five or six phases off that and then we'll come back for the scrum penalty which was across the other side of the field you know I just you know does our game need a stoppage at every stoppage like we we there's a stoppage for a scrum and then there's going to be another stoppage because there's a penalty of every scrum like I you know do you, I just I find it frustrating and I don't think it's the entertainment that our fans and people turn up to watch the matches need 
No, I, I think I think you just got to carry on, mate. Like once the advantage, you, you just you don't. Um, and we really encourage our guys if we like not just from a scrum penalty, but from any penalty, it's just to have a crack. You got to use it, you know. Like um, we don't want to slow the game down. We want to keep playing, and um, you know it's it's well to our advantage, I think, if we keep playing and and not not have to come back and stop the game again and reset it. So um, yeah, I mean we we certainly um, we certainly don't want. I'll probably speak for all the the guys around the country. We don't want us be setting scrums every everybody taking five minutes to set three or four scrums. If you can, if it does go down, just carry on and play on. You know, like um, yep. unless there's a clear clear advantage, you want to get a reward for that. But most of the time, there's an opportunity just to keep playing. I'm a believer if there is a scrum penalty to be given, that you can't take another scrum or you can't kick the ball out. You have to take a tap. I reckon that I reckon that is the way forward for our game. We have a contested scrum, and if there's an issue with it, then it's a free kick that can't be reset. That has to be taken as a tap, and um, we play on. But doesn't that allow a side with? Yeah, yeah. Oh, look, I'm sure that we can have that discussion. Uh, uh, look, Nick, um, is in the back of your mind going through the season now unbeaten? Is, is that part of it, or you just want to win the competition? And if you were to drop a game to the Brumbies along the way or whoever, um, as long as we win it. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, that's what you do want to win it. But I think too, um, we want to. If we do end up getting to the later stages of the competition, we want to be able to play at home. So, um, and then you've got total control. You know, you're not having to jump on a plane or a bus or sleep in a hotel. You you stay at your own place, and then you control what happens. So, um, yep, it'll be great to go through unbeaten, and um, it'll be a good good test. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, long as if we can make sure we qualify um, firstly for the quarterfinals and make sure we're playing at home, and then after that, whatever happens after that, we put ourselves in a position to play at home the whole time. So that's probably the, the big focus. Mate, you've got, the, you've got the Highlanders away, Reds at home, Hurricanes at home, Brumbies away, and then the Force away. So, mate, you're looking pretty good. Uh, at this stage together, maybe that maybe that one to um, Canberra might be a bit of a tough one, uh, a quarterfinal as such. Yeah, 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 and I think um, even you think next week, um, you know, if the 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 old Hollanders they only need things a couple of things to click, and I think they'll be away. So I mean, I know things haven't been quite going their way, but um, you know, you go to a place like that and not quite switch on, or think you you're going to waltz in and and do the job. Um, you know, come unstuck. So, see, people get bored shitless of us uh, talking about the old week to week. But at the end of the day, it is. You know, you just got to, You can't get if you get too far ahead of yourself, you'll get cut down. Cut down, and it'll punish. It'll cost you somewhere else down the road. So, um, so we just got to make sure. And with the competition and uh, competition within the squad, um, you know, every time someone gets a crack, they're going to make the most of it too. So, hopefully, that brings out the best in all those guys. Nick White, been an absolute privilege and a pleasure having you on the programme. Appreciate you taking time out of your day, mate. Congratulations on that victory over the Crusaders. And um, look, I hope you find that next Melbourne Cup winner. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? Find me a fast one too, Skinny, please. A real fast one. Yeah, with you on the back of, with oh, you on mate, the back I, of it, riding it. God, it, the, the poor thing would have to have bloody earplugs, wouldn't it? Oh. <laughs> I, I, I guarantee, I I guarantee Nick, there were points in a rugby game where you had this guy at halfback where you just wanted to turn around and say, shut the F up, mate. Well, you just kept on putting your head down and doing your job because you'd get the F off if you weren't, that's for sure. <laughs> at least you knew where you were going.
<laughs> I should have been a jockey. Yeah, he's skinny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, there's still time left, mate. Yeah. yeah all right. right. No. Hey, hey, thanks, Nick. Greatly appreciate it. Thank you. 12 minutes away from 1 o'clock. You're listening to SENZ. Mark Watson, Steve Devine, Nick White there, um, part of the coaching setup for the Chiefs. Great job done by them. Can they go through the season unbeaten? Uh, banana skin game. Brumbies in Canberra, the last one, before we then get into playoff time. Um, look, I, I think they've shown enough here that they are, without doubt, with, drop a game now, drop two games now. They're very much the favourites for this competition. I'll tell you what, though, you're going to hope that somewhere along the way someone knocks the Crusaders out because Crusaders know how to win finals, man. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, what I like about the Chiefs, I think, most this year is they they just they just can grit the teeth and they can just get some go-forward ball. And um, they've they've knocked over. They got on top of the Crusaders pack. You know, not a lot of many p- teams can say they've done that. They got on top of the Blues a couple of weeks ago. They got on top of the Hurricanes. I just think when they just keep it simple and just grind one out, they, they're, they're going to be very hard to beat. 11 minutes away from one. We'll take a break. You're listening to SCNZ. Jump on the phones. 0800 150811. You can text us here on 8833. It is seven minutes uh, seven minutes away from one power your business with Bunnings Trade Power Pass. Hi, Willie. Uh, good afternoon, gentlemen. Um, <clears throat> I would just like to ask a question. Do you think that the pace of the game last night contributed to some of those bad calls by the referee? Um, mate, so the referees now, they work as a, as a squad. Um, there's the, four of them, yeah. There's four of them. So they work together each week. So they all know each other well. So the... The, the touchies are calling in stuff that they see from the sideline to the ref and the same upstairs. So they're, they're sort of working together to get a little bit more consistency. Um, I, I don't really, I didn't really disagree with the, any of the decisions that were made. I thought I thought they were fair. Yeah, I thought I thought the referee was doing really well, but uh, it's it was a good game. It was a fast game, and uh, like I say, the pace was was intense, and it was a really good game. Now, my, the the game between. Um, uh, Mono Pacifica and that with the yellow cards and that uh, do you think their discipline in their game contributes to a lot of those I think there was about seven penalties yeah look I, I, I just think that with Moana Pacifica it's just getting used to this intensity week in week out and yeah the interpretation of the rules at this level and the way in which they are administered is probably and I think they were guilty of it last year and I think they're still guilty of it this season to a degree um, but it doesn't help when you know I, I think you've got limited resource in terms of just cattle on the park Yeah, if they hadn't had so many penalties I reckon they would have won that game yeah they got themselves back into it I, I just think they start the season pretty unfit like some of those boys are not in full-time rugby positions, and they they get them in in you know in January, and they just uh, they haven't had a lot of mm. rugby or a lot of conditioning, so they're always starting behind the eight ball. Yeah, yeah. Um, I spoke to um, Major a few weeks ago, Aaron Major, and he he's just said that you know we 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 often start a long way behind where we should be. Yeah, yeah, and we'll look, we'll continue that, Willie, and thank you for your call. We're just coming up to. Uh, just coming up to the top of the hour and we do have a mandatory commercial break that we do need to take but I do want to discuss those things because it's a really good point you do bring up regarding Moana and Pacifica I mean yeah I mean it's a skill set being able to get to your feet being able to actually learn to play so that you interpret the rules correctly uh, a lot of it is core strength a lot of it is flexibility a lot of it is explosive work to stay off your feet etc stay on your feet it is coming up to one o'clock 
It is one o'clock. You are listening to the Rugby Run. Mark Watson, Steve Devine with you through to two o'clock this afternoon. The lines are open 0800 150811. Plenty of super rugby on over the weekend. We would like to get your thoughts. Steve Devine's going to give us his Kubota. Um, what, what, what was the official title in the Kubota? Fiat. Most reliable player, the Kubota most reliable player. I just want to acknowledge Kubota too. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building New Zealand together. So look, if you are out there, Kubota is one of those brands and a potential purchasing decision. Please go with those brands that do support us here on SENZ. So we'll get to that shortly. Um, But yeah, uh, just going back to Moana Pacifica, I mean, you you sort of see it through on a hiding to nothing. They've been, they were set up, and then it was like, okay, you're going to recruit from the talent within the islands. But the problem is, if you travel to Samoa, if you travel to Tonga, the rugby there, while it's good, it's such a step below super rugby. You're never going to be able to pull players directly out and somehow expect them to be able to play at this level, surely. Yeah, not a, not straight off the bat you're not, okay? So that I... Th- you know, I'm hoping, I'm hoping they're looking at a long-term product, but I, I, I don't see it just yet, and it's not good for the game just yet that they, you know, it's just it is too big of a step. Whether, you know, whether maybe MPC needs to have um, a Samoan or a Tongan or or, or a Moana um, campaign just so they can bring some kids over from the islands, get them used to them if they want to base themselves here. My understanding is they have to base themselves here because there's just not the facilities to base themselves up in the islands. So, you know. They just they need they need also to be playing games not at the highest level at Super Rugby maybe at NPC level or maybe even Auckland Club Rugby level you know I just it, it, they're on a hiding and nothing to pull these kids out of the island and expect them to play professional athletes at the top level you just it's just it's unattainable it's unachievable yeah because yeah, everyone wants to see Samoa and Tonga and these specific island nations Fiji for fully potential international level and we do see it on occasions and so is it about developing more homegrown talent or is it putting rules and regulations around other countries pilfering those players but you can understand why the players are happy to be pilfered because they're going to get paid and they're going to get paid a lot if they're good enough well i just i, th- I just think let's look at the other team right let's let's look at the fiji and draw right yep. there was sold out stadium well, i mean it's not a big stadium over there and Lotoko yesterday it's not a huge stadium but there was probably 20 20 odd thousand people there you know and you know that's a win, surely having a full stadium, uh, and they're competitive, and they're competitive, and they played well, and they were unlucky, and you know they have a huge fan base, and it's and it's local grown boys that are playing there, but it's 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 their identity, right? They're for, to them, they're playing for Fiji on that day. You know, it's it's the the Jura team, but they're you know they they these mm. young kids thinking it's the it's probably the highest they're going to go, so they're they're playing at a level, and it's. It brings a nation nation support. I just think with Moana, we have Pacific Islands, we have Tonga, we have some uh, New Ans, we have some Cook Islands. We have uh, we're not they don't we're not really combining that into a entity as such. It's still pretty fragmented. And this one's always a delicate conversation, but the fact that we now have Moana Pacifica is that part of the reason why we're now seeing just four New Zealand franchises being strong and the Highlanders, the fifth, now being somewhat weak because there is just simply, uh, what's the word, there is, yeah, there's just not the talent now to choose from. It's, you know, it's it's across too many teams. Yeah, certainly most of the Moana teams have come from New Zealand. 
Um, most of their players are contracted have been in New Zealand. So I certainly feel that the last two years, the Highlanders haven't performed as well as they have traditionally because some of those players are now what would be the fifth team, the Highlanders, who would you know often get people from around the country to go down there and play. You know Now there's another team that's doing the same thing. So the player pool is a, is a little bit thinner as such, and, and that certainly hasn't helped the Highlanders over the last few years. Telephone numbers 0800 150 811. If you want to join the discussion, we'd love to hear from you. 0800 150 811. I know there's been a lot of interest in the Chiefs-Crusaders game. A lot of Crusaders fans may be feeling at times a little bit hard done by. Um, it'd be interesting to hear a perspective of the Chiefs if there were some decisions that you felt went against you. But when it's all said and done, in the scoreboard, it will always read the Chiefs 34, the Crusaders 24. Um, does that mean that the Crusaders can't win this competition? Absolutely not. I think they showed enough last night. There wasn't much in that game. There was just a couple of key moments that they're certainly good enough and with a number of key players to come back. Uh, look, we haven't touched on the Hurricanes-Brumbies game, but the Brumbies always going to play with some structure. They are number two on the table. They are the leading Australian side. I'm going to suggest I felt at times it was almost the best Hurricanes performance I've seen of the year so far. Yeah, I, I, I'd go as far to say the game was probably over with, with sort of 10 minutes yeah. to go. You know, um, it was 32-19 and they didn't, Brumbies didn't really look that likely, but, you know, rallied in the end to got themselves back to getting a bonus point out of it at least. Uh, Crusaders, I've said it, you know, multiple weeks in a row, the Crusaders are, ah, Crusaders, the Hurricanes. Team of the future, aren't they, the Hurricanes? Oh, yeah. absolutely. They're, they're, but, you know, they are very, 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 very good when they get it right and they they can be not so good when they don't get it right. And I just think this this performance was the first time where I think they got it right more times than not. They they didn't try to play that um, helter-skelter rugby from the start. They they started with a performance of just trying to grind out a win and going forward, and they, they, they got on top of the Brumbies, and 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 then their points came. So I, I just I, I think that was a, a maybe a season-defining hurri- Hurricanes um, game, that one. What did you make of Aidan Morgan at first five? Because at times he's... Probably looked like he's trying too hard. He's looked a little bit rushed, a yeah. little bit more composure, but partly because of the way, as you just mentioned, the way they started this game, maybe just sort of earning the right to go wide. Yeah, no, I, I, I rate him highly. He's a little, he's a little boy, but man, you can't, you can't knock him. What he does, he throws himself around and gets stuck into everything. Doesn't mind contact and uh, doesn't mind making tackles. So I, I, yeah, I rate him highly. I think he's a, he's an exciting young player. And let's not forget that part, the young part. He's got a. You know, a lot of learning to do, um, but um, yeah, I really, I really, he's very, very exciting player for me. And you know, w- when the Hurricanes use the big boys up front and try and get a bit of go forward, they don't try to play too much rugby uh, at the start. Get themselves into the game; they, they they're going to be very hard to beat. I, they've they've got a, a bit of rugby to play this year yet. The Hurricanes, I reckon. Yeah, it's interesting because when you run through the statistics, um, you know. Brumbies, Hurricanes, I was running through the statistics earlier between the Crusaders and the Chiefs. There's not actually often actually a lot in it, but it, it's their one missed tackle. It's the one turnover. And, yeah. you know, I often talk about elite level sport. You know, people say, oh, it comes down to less than 1%. Well, I'll argue that it comes down to less than 0.001%. And, you know, you have a look at here clean breaks, Hurricanes 7, Brumbies 6. But how important was that one clean break? Uh, defenders beaten. This is one area where they were better than the Brumbies. Uh, you know, just the seven, seven clean breaks. Uh, Brumbies six. Yeah, defenders beaten forty. The Hurricanes beat forty defenders. The Brumbies 
beating just 30. So, you know, it's those subtle little differences. Yeah. It, it's, it's, yeah, sometimes, you know. Turnovers can, conceded, sorry, 22 in favour of the Hurricanes, Brumbies 17. Yeah. Uh, yeah, sometimes it can come down to one tackle and that's the difference between 80 minutes of a game of rugby and, you know, I, yeah. I mean, look at the Crusaders Chiefs. You know, you know, they came down to Damien McKenzie getting an offload pretty much get an offload post-a-tackle post attempt and, and they score. And with a couple of minutes remaining, you know, that that was that was pretty much the difference of that match. Um, they scored again later, but, you know, it just it's, sometimes it's just one pass and, and that's the difference. 0800 150811, just a couple of texts that have come in. I'll get Steve to address these for you, but love you to jump on the phone. I know we had a couple of callers prior to one. We've asked you to phone back. Feel free, the lines are open. Hi, guys. Great game over the weekend. Gutted the Crusaders lost, but the Chiefs were better. Uh, when it mattered most. Best thing about the game for me was the amount of people in the crowd yet. Look, I've been incredibly critical on a number of different shows about the interest in rugby waning, and I still believe in that, but wasn't it great last night that we had a sellout? Wasn't it nice that we had a full stadium? And we should. This is the national game. This is the sport that gets all the media coverage, gets all the cut through. So much time is dedicated to it. You've got the Crusaders in town who come with the big reputation. Chiefs fans didn't turn up to watch the Blues, but they turned up last night, and it was great to see. Oh, it was it was it was amazing. I you know the the crowd was rocking. Um, you know the, the 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 old mate on the PA system was um, making announcements and getting people into the game. It, was, it looked like an amazing atmosphere and. You know, I, I, I watched and I seen a lot of kids in the crowd and, you know, that's good to see. And you know, and the players interacting with them afterwards yeah, important too. Yeah, absolutely. Because um, one thing I don't think we do well enough here, the game is not enough about the fans. Yeah, I couldn't yeah, couldn't agree more. It needs to be it needs to be more about the fans, and our stadiums need to need to understand that it is more of an, a, a fans experience than than a money making opportunity for people to turn up and pay twenty bucks for a beer and a plastic bottle. Okay, look, um, some other texts. Mitch Mitch Drummond stopped the momentum so many times last night. Crazy how they haven't recruited better in that position. Talking about halfback. Yeah. I, it is. I mean, like I said, they've they've got consistent all black performance in almost every key position, and and nine is a key position. And because they had Bryn Hall prior to that, and Bryn was solid. Bryn was solid, um, but solid's not Will Jordan. Solid is not Kieran Reid. Solid is not Richie McCaw. Dan Richie Carter. McCaw, Dan Carter. Yeah. Is it? And nine's a big position, right? So is it? Is it relevant? Nine and ten. Nine and ten. Eight, nine, ten are big positions. And um, yeah, you're right. Um, they've got a they've got a couple of young kids down there, so you know, um, I'm sure the uh, that might be a position, a, 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 a spot where they're looking to maybe um, make some changes down there in the mm. Crusader land. I just sorry, I only read out half of Andy's text. Andy goes on, and I just wonder whether you maybe can just get the core part of that interview and maybe replay it a little bit, not so much the whether Fiji was a banana skin game. And I'm talking about the interview that we did with uh, the Blues. CEO Andrew Hoare, because Andy's saying, I heard the interview with Blue CEO and thought he made some great points about where Super Rugby needs to go and appealing to the casual sports fan more like the NRL does. How fantastic would it be for Super Rugby to divorce from New Zealand Rugby and Rugby Australia and have an independent body going forward? Also, how does the comp going forward get more parity between the teams? So we've discussed a few of those things. Yeah, I, th- I think, it, you know, if you want to want if you want to make the games a little bit more contestable, then we, we probably need to drop a few teams out and, you know, or or we play a round and then the second round, 
is you know we just go straight into into top six and bottom six or something like that you know so we we you have those games where the bottom six are playing each other for a title and and you have a like promotion relegation i guess and the top six play each other for a title so we we you know but but ideally i think i think australia's probably got too too many teams um with moana pacifica i think new zealand has has maybe one or two too many teams so, as well. so you think if moana pacifica is to stay that we th- we probably need to go from five teams to four. Uh, yeah. You know you're going to get quoted on this, Steve. Yeah, I know. I, I, I just don't think we don't have – it's just we, – we've got <laughs> no, too many No, I don't disagree. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, the competition's diluted, isn't it? I, I think Moana needs to become Samoa and they need to be based out of Samoa to be I, – I just don't think Tonga has – I'm all for I, – I don't, I don't think the Samoans and the Tongans actually um, gel that well together, you know, I, I just think it needs to become a Samoan team and they need to be based out of Samoa. And, and that's got some serious major issues with... Um, with Infrastructure. And, and being able to even yeah. f- and, watch and, TV there. And I know part of the reason why, historically, that part of the reason why World Rugby or the IRB back in the day has been reluctant to, to throw a whole lot of money there because there hasn't always been a, a paper trail. There has been a level of sort of, uh, let's use it... Yeah, corruption to a degree, um, and yep. there haven't been, you know, you haven't, and in countries like you can understand it. You see it all around the world, where you don't often have the, um, you don't have those layers of government or those layers of, um, you know, board level, etc., to make sure that, you know, the money's going where the money should be allocated. Yeah, I, listen, I, I know this is a pretty tightrope we're walking along right now but I, yeah, I couldn't agree more you know there isn't well, oh, so I'm not afraid to say it because it has been you know there's been I've had discussions with people rugby people in the past and that has been one of the issues yeah. and look there's a whole lot of countries that fall into that I mean you know yeah so uh, until 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 they've got a country's identity I, I, I don't think I think it's going to be a very hard push you can't hold you can't you can't have a seasons of games in Samoa because there's just not the infrastructure and it's hard to get TV out of there. So and the TV people have told me that, you know, do do they need to have a few years at NPC level to find their feet to to work on a team to get everyone fit and then bring them up into Super? I think that might be. But I mean, wow! Once you get it right, like look at the Fijians. Once you get it right, it's exciting rugby mm, and a hell of a hard place to win. And you know, Blues didn't do that easy. Blues are a good side. Oh. People expect the Blues, but what do you want? You just want to switch on. And I say this as a fan. A lot of the time, you just want to switch on, and you're just not sure which way the result's going to go. Yes, your team goes in as favourite, but it's not a done deal. And unfortunately, with Super Rugby at the moment, most weeks you can pick the winner of most of the games, bar say one. There's one game each round where you go, mm, that one's the one we're not sure about. Yeah. But Fiji, playing in Fiji, and the fact they've beaten the Crusaders yep. up there and stuff, it is now becoming one of those games where we're going to use it. Is yep. this the banana skin game? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, and the and the other thing, Super Rugby needs, uh, we need to get away from the Northern Hemisphere rules, right? We we just we we don't want scrum penalties all game. We don't want you know these rolling moors all game. We want to play Super Rugby rugby. We want entertain. We need an entertaining package, right? Let's get away from the IOB rules. Let's let's just make some amnesties. Let's just let's say to them, this is how we want to play the game as an entertaining um, showpiece of rugby. Let's get some rules that allow that to happen and, and get away from this grind and bind and, and and running into brick walls because I don't think people want to watch it. Let's bring back some rucking because it's our point of difference. All of a sudden, we're not rugby league, and I think people want to watch big impacts. I think people want to watch something a little bit different. 
I must admit, in that first 10 or 15 minutes of that game, when these both teams were just putting their body in the line, it looked a little bit like State of Origin at times, where it was just one off the ruck, bang, just smash and bash, pick up second phase, second run and coming up, bang, get across that advantage line. And it just looked like two, three, four, fifth tackle, let's run it. Yeah, and, and you know, and we, we need to be entertaining, we need a point of difference, and we don't want to be rugby league, and, and, and I'm not saying in every game of rugby, but in professional game of rugby at super level, we're allowed to have rucking, and, and that's our point of difference. Now, I've got some good texts that have come in from Brett, which I'll get to, some other texts that we will address too. Uh, telephone numbers 0800 150811. I think Talkback is a better product when you jump on the phones. There are people texting, just phone us. Um, we're not bad guys, contrary to what some people might say. We're actually very friendly. We're actually very welcoming. We'd love you to talk a little bit of code with us on 0800 150 uh, Just want to acknowledge Bunnings, power your business with Bunnings Trade Power Pass and Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building New Zealand. Okay, it is 21 minutes, uh, 22 minutes after um, uh, one o'clock, sorry. 22 minutes after one. I just... Oh, People might not know this on the way in. I ran out of gas on the damn Auckland motorway. Uh, my own dumbass fault. Then I kicked my toe, so that's been bleeding profusely. And then I'm sitting here. Um, yeah, trying to stay focused. Breathe. <sighs> Take my wedding ring off. No, <laughs> just kidding. I have these terrible wife jokes, and I actually love my wife dearly. But anyway, I've just I watched too much Married with Children growing up. Can't actually have that showing anymore, could you? <laughs> no. Can't actually have that showing anymore, old Bundy. No. Terrible. Good laugh, though. Uh, hey, so um, we had a, a text come in from uh, Brett. Brett saying, um, Reed Jacobson's yellow. Uh, Cullen Grace had him over the shoulder, was joined by Strange. Both dragged Jacobson to the deck, and their supporters want to moan about the TMO. Yeah. Oh. Look, I think what I think what we're actually seeing from Brett here is that there's two sides to this, isn't there? I mean, you see, you see one through rose-tinted glasses for your team, and you can't see any balance. Yeah, you, it's a fun, that's and that's our game, and you know, I think we got to we we got to embrace it that they're, they're not going to get it 100 percent right every week because we're talking about millimeters and on. And in the game, and and even watching it on TV, you know, it, it is sometimes it goes down to the referee's interpretation, and you just got to roll with it. You know, yellow card, it's a yellow card. You just got to deal with it. And the Chiefs were good enough to deal with it. I yeah, it was it was it was um, a bit of a tricky one. Whether it was a penalty try, I, I was a bit dubious, but you know, it was watered. Uh, we we got to move on with those decisions. We can't get too up to eat. I know, I know they're not my team, so I can say it a bit easier and if it was against the Blues. But again, I think the Blues have had some bad decisions this year and, and that's part of it. Uh, where are you with the rolling wall? I mean, it's just, no. it's, just, it's, just, it's just basically legal shepherding, isn't it? Yeah, uh, listen, I, I, I think it should be um, use it or lose it once. Once you, once you stop it, that's it. Use it or lose it. I, You know, a second chance at it and then it all folds off. And re- Like, how can you tell if someone's brought it down? They're like... Unless you're blatant and bring it down, you know, mm. it's it's hard to tell, and especially in and around the try line, I, you know, our game shouldn't be, you know, the days of our wingers scoring tries. Now the highest try scorers in the season are pretty much the hookers of every team, you know, because because that's what's done. If if it, and it's so easy to do, then maybe we should look to make it not so easy. But it's also let's bring it back to the fan. Let's bring it back to the entertainment product. I think for the absolute purists, they might sit there and like it, but I think for most people, they just loathe it. Yeah, absolutely. And because because of what you've just mentioned, there is so much um, ambiguity around it. Yeah, and the way it is interpreted. 
Yeah, and I, I don't, you know, I don't think the people who watch rugby for scrums and rolling moors and enjoy that and clap to that and stand on their feet and yell for that, um, are, yeah, I don't think that there are many, and I don't think there's many living this quiet, this side of the equator, for sure. Okay, um, and Brett's just saying, look, can't phone in, guy's got no voice after last night, but he's on the wind trainer <laughs> at the moment, he's training for Ironman New Zealand, all the very best with that, Brett, good luck, he's locked in the hurt box on the wind trainer at the moment, and what he calls zone two, zone two, is zone two in the hurt box? I would have thought Zone Four's the hurt box anyway. Wow, I'd love to do an Ironman. Why don't you do one? Because uh, I don't want to train for it. Because I think it's too hard to train. But that's yeah, it's too far to do without training, right? You oh, couldn't just rock up one day and do that, could you? Oh no! Look, it, it's like anything. It's it's um, it's. Yeah, look, it's like anything, isn't it? You look at the distance, a 3.8k swim, 180-kilometre bike ride, 42-kilometre run, right? And it's not something you just wake up and say, hey, I'm going to do it. It's a natural progression over time. So you give yourself a year and you go, well, okay, well, the first thing I want to do is learn to be able to put some lengths together in the pool. Then I want to be able to learn how to ride up and down the Auckland waterfront. And then, I want, you know, and it does naturally progress. And the thing I find always with Ironman is people come to me and go, oh, I just want to finish it. And you go, okay, great, that's the goal. And then as they get a bit closer to it and they suddenly realise that they're actually bike fit and they can start doing the distances, oh, I wouldn't mind trying to do this time and I wouldn't mind trying to do that time. And I'm like, no, 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 mate. The goal is to finish the damn thing. Because what I will say about Ironman, you start on plan A and most people end up on about plan E by the time they finish it. Mm. And then I see athletes beating themselves up at the finish line going, oh, yeah. It's like, hang on a minute, mate. You've just swum 3.8 kilometres. You've just ridden 180K. You've managed to get through a 42-kilometre run and now you're disappointed because you set yourself some unrealistic goal that Mm. you've got no real knowledge or history of this event to be able to genuinely base that on and you're going to beat yourself up about it. Yeah, it's it's a long way. I did a I didn't I did a marathon at the end of last year for November with no training, and uh, forty two kilometres. Uh, I was hurting after one kilometre. <laughs> you were hurting after one kilometre. Yeah, and I. Do you want to be telling me that? I couldn't. I couldn't even uh, imagine riding a bike and swimming that far, and then having to do what I had to do at the end of last year. I, it just blows my mind. And then you go and do it in Hawaii in a hairdryer. Yeah. Wow. Well, imagine doing it in Fiji yesterday. Some of those blues boys, I bet you they thought they were running a marathon yesterday Oh, afternoon. yeah, it can be pretty damn I could hard, see, eh? I could see the pain. Uh, Adrian Choate, who's you know, just been a weapon this season for the blues, he, he was like gone, absolutely mm. gone. Mate, based on what you've said, if I'm rugby league and I'm sitting out there, I'd sign that guy tomorrow for the Warriors because I think you've got a, um, I think you've got another um, – uh, who, who's, oh, who's the Warriors player that was missed a consistency for so long that retired a few years ago? Yeah, Simon Mannering. I think you've got oh. another Simon Mannering type player. He reminds me of that. Yeah, he's man. He just it just doesn't stop, right? He's just everywhere. He turns up. He tackles hard. He, he you know. And yesterday he was he was spent. It was I actually enjoyed seeing. He was absolutely spent at the end of the game. Light on the light on the deck, and I, like he was out, gone. Brilliant. Love that man. Love that man. Um, we will come back address another uh, text that Steve sent in, just regarding about the Polynesian talent at schools here and uh, why they're not necessarily a feeder, and do we need to just have another Super Rugby franchise? based on the Pacific Island talent that we have here already in Auckland playing at a schoolboy level. Power your business with Bunnings Trade Powerhouse. Kubota, for over 40 years, they've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building New Zealand together. Mark Watson alongside of me, former All Black halfback, Blues great. He loves that word great. He gets a bit emotional. He gets little goosebumps. (laughs) Steve Devine alongside of me. Your Kubota most reliable player. 
Uh, I'm going to go the big match of the round. So uh, Damien McKenzie, he yeah. was, uh, and and you know what, he's been doing it three, four, five weeks in a row now. He is, um, I think he's New Zealand's best number ten, and the, and that's how reliable he's been over the last few months, and that's where he's at. Oh eight hundred one five oh eight double one is the number if you do want to phone the program. Uh, let's welcome to the program the man in the stand. Hi, Karen. G'day, Matt. How are you? Oh, we've just dropped out. Just dropped out. Need to phone us back, Kieran. We've just lost you for some reason. His phone's just dropped out. Oh eight hundred one five oh eight double one. Um, hey, look, the other issue there, and I'm not. I haven't gone into huge detail on it. I must have a read about it. But New Zealand Rugby reporting a loss of forty seven million dollars. That is a lot of money. Yeah. That's uh, that's a lot of money, all right. Um, and I think. Um, uh, yeah, was it uh, the women's game they've invested in has has been the setback? $21 million they have put into that on an annual basis. Was that because we had the Women's World Cup? Was that some of that? Uh, again, I haven't read the reasons for it. I would have thought that is separate. I would have thought that, you'd like to think, has sort of brought some level of return. But you do have to question whether $21 million a year, is it a genuine business decision or is it more driven by the political pressure that exists and I'm going to continue to say this until women in this country start turning up and watching women's rugby and actually putting money to go and watch the game and selling tickets when you look at every other aspect of the game in this country that I think is under siege I think that women's rugby should be there for the clubs to determine the demand also the provincial unions and I'm just not sure that um yeah, I'm just not sure that that is money necessarily best spent. Yeah, that's a lot of money, and uh, you're right. Until until it, it, you know, it needs to be able to fund itself, and that's by selling tickets. Until we get people that generally, I think, want to pay money and turn up and watch um, that, then then we're probably going to have an issue. We're not big enough as a union to to throw money around willy nilly, and we've just got to prioritise what's important to us and what's not. And do I think women should play rugby? Absolutely, yes. Do I think they're doing a great job? Oh, absolutely, yes. But we need to make sure there's enough people watching it. Yeah, you got to. At the end of the day, it, it's a financial model. It is a business, whether you like it or not. New Zealand will tell you it's a business. That's why they've made it all about the All Blacks because they bring in the money. Well, if you're true to that, and that's your reason for making it so top heavy, then you've got to make sure that flows through, and you've got to sell tickets. Hi, Karen. We've got you back. Yeah, but Rusty, Mark, after all this time, how are you, my mother, from a different mother? Oh, I'm very well, my good man. Long time. Yeah. Enlighten us yeah. with your wisdom, Karen. Yeah. Tutus want a room? Okay. Well, look, I, I just sort of put time. The question is, look, you have to hand in your All Black team, but your All Black backline, more importantly, by five o'clock tonight. So it's not a matter of what ifs or if he came back in a week or he's playing well. It's, you know, five o'clock tonight, you've got to name your All Black backline. So. Now listen, I'll, I'll go first. I'm not as razor sharp as, as you, Mark. I hope I don't name two left wingers instead of a left and a right wing. But my team is um, my team is Aaron Smith, um, McKenzie, um, the second five Barrett at uh, second five. Um, Ioni, um, Caleb Clark. Um, yeah, Mark Lee. That that might be the one that. That trips me up because he—I'm not sure if he's 100% available as of five o'clock tonight. And uh, yeah, I'm going to break my rule and say I'll take a punt that I could have what's his name ready by by Saturday. Um, that Canterbury fullback, Will Jordan. That guy. 
yeah, that guy who Canterbury went missing because he he, he was a superstar. I'm nervous that that guy's going to fall into that you know category of a guy who sort of we talk about in the future and say, remember when he played at his best and he, he only came back was ninety percent or something, and that was enough not to have him at his best. But I'm just going to make that presumption. You're allowed to allowed to select him. So that's that's my seven, if you like. Okay. Um, is it, is it my turn? Talking t- about uh, Talia, is, is he available? Would he be available as a 5 o'clock today? Is he injured, Mark Talia, or is he available? No, no, he's available. He played for the All Blacks in the last season. Yeah, yeah. No, I just, I just wondering about now, Steve. Because, you know, I think he's... I still still think he's a bit of a, a seeker. I still think he's a, he's a magical player. But anyway, there you go. That's my seven. So, Mark, yours? Oh, look, yeah, yeah fascinating. Um, first 5-8. Um, I will go Damien McKenzie because I haven't seen enough from Perifeta consistently in the All Black jersey. I've seen plenty from him in world class and Crusaders level. I'm not convinced on where um, yeah, Bowden Barrett is at the moment. Uh, second 5-8, if they were all... F- so, so we're not allowed to pick players who are injured, is that what you're saying? No, no. So that's why I've got um, Jordy Barrett because he's the... He is fit, and he's and I think he's arguably the best. Yeah, look, I, I think based on that, I mean, I, I thought David Harvey's actually playing okay back at second five eight at the moment. So yes, same. Um, I, I, I'm probably going to go. Yeah, I'll probably go David Harvey at second five eight. Um, yeah. Centre, oh, I'm, I'm still not convinced on Rico Awani, but based on what we've seen so far. And, and the fact that so many other quality centres are out injured at the moment, you're probably going to have to go with Rico Awani. I, I would have um, Sean Stevenson at fullback um, yep. right now. I, I probably wouldn't mm. have Caleb Clark on my side. I might go Mark Talia. Um, who's mm. my Who's my other winger? Uh, great question, Steve. You need to help me. Uh, I am. So I'm pretty close to that as well. I've got Smith, um, Damian McKenzie. Uh, Jordy or Goodhue? Goodhue was good enough for me on the weekend. I, I like what I've seen from him, maybe to slot into the 12 jumper. Rico at 13. Uh, Mark Talia on one wing and Lester Fainanuku on the other. I think he, what Who's he adds. Fullback? Um, uh, Will Jordan or, um, if he's not available, Stevenson. Yeah. Yeah. Good call, Steve. I like your fee. I like that other winning engineer. He's deserving. He's, he's just got to be, he's, he's like a, a 12 or a 13 to me, and he's got, he can break a tackle and he can get himself, he can get his hands on the ball, particularly off the line out. They like to use him, and he's just a big, powerful runner. I, I, like, I like him there. Can, can I ask you this, Kieran? Does Sam Kane make your all black team in the seven or the six jersey? Well, you and I have had this debate a lot. Look, I, I like that, um, whoever it was, was it Steve? But I like that um, kind of thinking that someone earlier in this call put forward that. I'd probably put him down as captain, and then then I'd then I'd make a call on six and seven. I, I, I think he's such a. He, I still think he's got uh, enough power, enough smarts, enough speed. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd have him at seven. Yeah, I definitely have him at seven. Yeah, I'm not going to disagree with that at the moment either. I, I just think you got to you got to carry him for his leadership yeah. at the moment. Yeah, and I think and I think you've got Ethan Blackadder at six, who does give you that real mongrel and that real go yeah. forward, and then it comes yeah. down to who you're going to start at eight. And that's the question mark for me still. Who's going to start at eight? Well, you, you pick Artie. Artie's, Artie's in your back uh, three. Uh, yeah, Artie's at eight, and I think you go Blackadder at six, and you might go Kane at yeah. seven. Yeah, I, I, I don't think we've seen enough, have we, out of Papalihi and these guys this year to say that they're consistently no, better. I, no, I agree with that. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I agree with that. Is, is Jacobson an out-and-out number eight? He can play six. He can play six. He can play seven. He can, he, he can play all three. 
Um, I, ju- I just think the difference this year between last year is Dalton was playing really good footy. I think Dalton's still playing really good footy this year, but Sam Kane is uh, he's been on the field pretty much the whole season. Mm. He had a week off last week with a, a little excuse me, a little head knock, but other than that, he's been on the field, and that's what we haven't seen for Kane for a few years, and that's why I think he'll be there. Okay, yeah. So with, with that, you know, Jacobson, if there ever this will go look like and all that, you know, just in terms of sheer physique and good looks and whatever, he, he, he looks he looks an all-black, and, and uh, you know, the best I've seen him play is certainly deserving of it. Yeah, I've always been a big fan of Luke Jacobson, and then he had a few injuries. We just didn't quite get that consistency from him. But he, yeah. was, he always looked like he had just that little bit of mongrel in it. Where, um, see, I, I, I see, I, I, and I know you differ with me here, Steve, on this, but I, I, I've just never seen the best of Hoskins or Tudu in an All Black jersey. Mind you, he hasn't been given a lot of opportunity either. Yeah, I, 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 I feel that um, you know, the th- three matches in a row is what you need for those junior All Blacks to, yeah. to really find their feet in that at that level. And Hoskins hasn't been yeah. given that. I, is he good enough? I think he is. I, th- I think he's probably the most talented number eight we have in the country. He just, he just needs to find himself in that next level. And, I, you know, I don't think he's going to get – I hope he does, but I, I don't think he's probably going to get three games this year. Yeah. But next year – Are we ruling out a Kira Ione? A Kira Oh, yeah, mate. No, no, I'd send him off to Japan, mate. I think he's done. I just think he's a bit part player. Yeah. I, I, yeah, too much resource trying to get him to where he needs to get in terms of getting the head right, in terms of making him the professional. It's got to come from within at some point. I just don't think it's there. I think he's 90% there, but I think he just lacks that. I, yeah, I just think he's he, he's just not quite there, and for my reasons, he's out. No, he's, watch a this. Angry. he's a bit too angry for me at times, but he's all on his day, Mark. You can't argue with his... Player. Watch his space for me. I just think he's he's coming back from a, a long injury playoff. Just give him another couple of weeks, and we, he you, might you, change a few. You've thoughts. got you've got to remember. Steve turns up in this show, and he's dressed in a Blues jersey with an Auckland hat on, and cool. he's got covered in Blues tattoos, and he's going to call his next born Carlos. <laughs> Good on him. Good on him. Yeah. Hey, keep passion. Hey, now listen. Um, so just quickly, your front row because that's where it finds me. I just can't. Even uh, De Groot and Lomax are my two props. Yeah, yeah. I think this Tamaiti Williams is somewhere in the mix. Um, Toki Ahau's my yep. starting hooker, and I don't care what anyone mm. says; he's my starting hooker. I don't. Bat, I, I'm not one of these guys who let's try and bring some energy off the bench. Let's start with some energy, and then worried about what we've got at the end of the game. I'm not one of these guys that oh, you know, we need the last 15 minutes to try and win a game. Let's spend the first 65 minutes putting the game out of out of reach. And Ellocks still for me until they prove otherwise are the best of Metallica and uh, Sam White you know, and availability is another thing. But yeah. oh, I just Scott and, and, and Scott Barrett's your next in line. Yeah, he is. Yeah, we can't we can't have any more than fifteen Barretts in the team though. <laughs> no, we can't. Hey, look, uh, Kieran, lovely and to now have. Now listen, tell me, yeah. um, just going back to the first five, I just want to say this: I just brought up the sixties watching rugby, and I'll never forget Earl Curtin, a great rugby player. He always said, look, the most important ingredient in any first fight, and possibly in any player, he said, is gas, pure gas. And that's what I love about this, uh, Mackenzie, is that when he, hits, you know, when he puts his ears back and he sniffs out an eighth of a gap and goes for it, his weight doesn't matter, his, his previous um, experience in, in the All Blacks doesn't really matter. I love that gas, and he can just break open the back line, and I love that. And uh, he'd be he'd be all curtains for his fight. 
Yeah, Kieran, um, it's an interesting one. And, and sorry, we do we do just have to. We've got some commercial requirements, but look. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was the great thing about Christian Cullen, wasn't it? You knew it was coming, but you couldn't stop it, and that ability not to decelerate with your changing direction. But I, I do look, I, I don't think Bowden Barrett's there at the moment in terms of that acceleration like he once was, but I'm not sure Richie Mwanga's too far behind him. Yeah, Mwanga's still got speed. Uh, and, then, you know, I just think that, they're, you know, two-class players, and, and D-Mac got on top of uh, Mwanga last night, and, and you know, do I think um, Moonga's, you know, gone for the season? Absolutely not. He'll be back, and, and so will Barrett. They'll be back. Don't worry. There's a lot of footy play this year. I'm, I'm not too worried where the All Blacks are at number ten. It is 15 minutes away from two. Power your business with Bunnings Trade Power Pass. Kubota, for over 40 years, they've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building New Zealand together. Steve, Steve, Steve. This comes from Brett regarding the Iron Man. He says um, some free advice. I was Mister One and Done for Ironman. Next March will be number five, then I'll retire. Just don't start, mate. We'll take a break. Right, that must be my cue. Five minutes away, five, ten minutes away from two o'clock here on the Rugby Run. Special thanks to everybody that has phoned the program. Okay, let's just have a look at some of the games coming up here, Steve. We've just been having a little interesting chat about how things might end up um, panning out in regards to the playoffs. What, what, what sort of intrigue you the most about the next round? What, can I suggest possibly the Hurricanes in Fiji? Uh, yeah, Hurricanes Hurricanes in Fiji against the Jura on Saturday afternoon. It's going to be another pretty hot one. There's a kickoff at 2pm next weekend. I... You know they could. That's that's the Hurricanes have got a really tough finish. We've decided so um, they really need to make sure they win that match because that's uh, it's getting tight for the Hurricanes. They have the Jura um, this weekend, then they have Moana Pacifica in Wellington, and then they finish with the Chiefs, Blues, and the Crusaders. So they they're desperate. They'll need to win that in Fiji. They're, they'll be desperate to win it in yeah, Fiji. Tough one, tough one, isn't it? Um, also, they got to start. You got to start resting All Blacks too at some stage in the next couple of weeks because you oh, can't ridiculous. play them. You can't play them five matches in a row. So uh, it's maybe maybe that Moana game, and they dropped a game last year's season to Moana. So you know things get a bit tricky for the Hurricanes in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, interesting. Crusaders fifth on the table. Fifth on the table. They'll be desperately wanting to get into that top four, into the top two. Just having a look at their run through. Yeah. So the um, the Crusaders. Uh, not many would have picked them there at the start of the season to be there got, at this got time. Got the Force next week. They got the Force. Uh, then they got the Blues at home. Then Moana Pacifica away, and then the Waratahs at home. And then um, they have the um, the Waratahs uh, at home, and then the Hurricanes away. Last last match. I can't see the Blues beating the Crusaders in Christchurch. You mentioned guys like Goodyear coming back. You mentioned some of the players back from injury. I know that that was a good performance in Fiji. I still just haven't seen enough fit from this Blues team to suggest where well, I saw a lot from that Crusaders team last night against a very good Chiefs team at home. Yeah, listen, I, I don't think the Blues have put the full performance together this year. And they had. And that, ch- that's my concern. Yep. Well, you know, I just think, I just think that, you know, that was a – Good performance on Saturday in Fiji in trying conditions, and they got Moana next week, um, and then they go Crusaders, Reds, Hurricanes, and Highlanders. I just they haven't put a they haven't put a complete performance on the field, but 
in every game, the three that they've lost, they have also had the uh, ability, they've had the chances to win those mm. matches. I, I just think... And we've talked about that, haven't we, today, just about when you look at statistics, that sometimes it's that one missed tackle, it's that one offload that they get away with that you perhaps don't go away with that ends up going forward has often been the difference, hasn't it? Yep, and uh, you know, I just think they've got, a, they've got a little bit more to come this year yet. They've, they've been improving. I've seen the improvements. They've got a little bit more to come. I'm, yeah. you know, I've, I've still got hope they're going to go to the final. Yeah. Okay, look, one thing that we haven't talked a lot about, and we've got a couple of minutes is another poor performance from the Highlanders. You actually run through this team on paper. It's not a bad side. I just sort of scratched my head and going, what is going wrong here? And we had Kerwin, uh, Sir John Kerwin on last week who suggested their top five, their, their, their starting five or their tight five just aren't busy enough. There's not enough urgency. They're just not setting that platform. They're just not laying that foundation. But you do just wonder now whether it's just a confidence thing right across the park. Do they believe? Yeah, that wasn't their best wasn't wasn't their best performance. They had um, they should have won it. Their discipline again let them down. Um, you know, and they had a they had a, another bad start to the match. They didn't they didn't even get into the game till till the you know the third quarter as such. And then they they got themselves in front and then just threw it away with poor discipline again at the end. They, you know, they they're not. They're not on a level like their little moments are really bad moments where they where it's a yellow card or it's multiple penalties and you know penalties are just such a big thing at this. Again, they should have won that game and um, you know the Waratahs kick a penalty at the end of, or kick a conversion at the win to win it. Chiefs this week for them. Uh, Chiefs, Chiefs, Chiefs are going to win. Chiefs, I, I can't see the Chiefs being really tested uh, for for a while. I think they're I think they're gonna they're gonna do it pretty easy for the next few weeks. Yeah, because I'd imagine too that then the following week they've got the break and they'll be looking forward to that one. Yeah. In fact, no, they don't. They've got the Brumbies away, haven't they? Sunday the fourteenth. Yeah, the Chiefs. The yeah, Chiefs no, they got are. They're away to they the, got the Highlanders Brutal. next weekend. Then the Reds, and then um, and then they've got to go away to the um, uh, where then they got the Hurricanes and then the Brumbies. So they got they got a, a bit of a tough finish, uh, but. You know the confidence is high. The squad's looking good. There's not a lot of injuries. There's a, a bit to come back. Ireland and Leonard Brown will be back soon, hopefully, and and they're pretty much back at full strength. So, yeah, the Chiefs. The Chiefs are looking good. The Chiefs are looking good. But I will say, just like the Blues last year, right? They their last two round robin matches weren't great performances, but they did win their quarter final. Wasn't a great match, but they did win their semi final. They didn't play well, but they did win, and then they got pumped in the final eight. It wouldn't be a bad thing for the Chiefs fans if they did drop a game uh, heading in. Yeah, again, it's, not a, it's just a timely reminder, isn't it? Just to refocus, switch in, and um, just make sure that you're still, you know, there's a saying to stay number one, train as if you're number two, as if you're still aspiring to be number one. And I guess that's what the Blues are trying to be, and that's maybe still what the Crusaders have still got to go. The Chiefs, have they got another gear to go to, or are they? at their best now and that sometimes can be a concern. Uh, anyway just acknowledging Bunnings Power Your Business with Bunnings Trade Power Pass Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Special thanks to them, special thanks to Ben Francis, special thanks to Steve Devine. Hope you have enjoyed another edition here of the Rugby Run here on SENZ.